Welcome to the Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Almeida. Each week, we'll share inspiring stories and tips on facing vulnerability and the lessons we can use to help us be able to find success and fulfillment in our own lives. With each episode, we hope to impact one listener. And if anything you've heard has impacted you, we'd appreciate you sharing it on social. Thank you for listening. Now let's get vulnerable. David D. Burns said, when two people respect each other, the ability to be vulnerable and to reveal her feelings can create a powerful emotional connection that is a source of real intimacy and friendship. This is episode 44 of the Vulnerable Podcast with Eric Eklund. Born in Colombia, only to be left on the steps of a church and then adopted by Swedish parents, growing up for him was full of vulnerability. Here was this black kid in a place where most people were white with blonde hair and blue eyes. The next huge hit of vulnerability came when he moved to Berlin for his girlfriend, only for her to tell him she wasn't interested anymore. Here he was in a foreign country with no one to support or help him, but this would launch him into doing a lot of self-work and creating the person he is today. Now he's passionate about helping others open up and truly connect with others, or as he would put it, connecting humans. Without a doubt, he's one of the most direct people I've ever met, but it makes you ask yourself better questions and open up like never before. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get vulnerable with Eric Eklund. Hey, Eric, thank you for coming on the Vulnerable Podcast. It's a real pleasure to have you here today. Uh, if I'm being completely honest, uh, I would say that you're the catalyst for a lot of the great things that have happened in my life, including this podcast, because funny enough, um, your just start attitude is what drove me to start doing a lot of things. And it was also what my wife used to call me out when I was debating starting this podcast. She turned to me and said, no way, Why don't you just start no, 100%. And, uh, and, and that was really what got me to actually sit down and, and start doing this. And now, you know, I'm, uh, I think what 28 episodes released over 50 episodes recorded, and I've got another 100 and something of people that just signed up through a newsletter that I was shared on. So, uh, so yeah, man, uh, I really appreciate you coming on and I really appreciate your friendship. And, and like I said, the catalyst that you've been in, in my life over these last couple of years. So thank you again. I love that your wife is calling you out on this. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty refreshing. I mean, it was, I was, you know, humming and hawing and I had this reason and that reason not to start. And she literally looked me in the face and said, why don't you just start? And I was like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, oh, yeah. It's my pleasure, Brian. It was, it's my pleasure. You have been part of my journey. This is, this is a funny thing with you that, you have been part of my journey since, you know, is it 2017 when I started? I think 2017 is when we first met. Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, it was, yeah, it was 2017 when I uh, got let go from my job. And that's when I think I would say, yeah, everything was sort of uh, started taking the right direction, I guess. <laughs> awesome. No, definitely. So the first question I like to ask every guest just to get started is, what is your definition of vulnerability? To allow myself and others to, to face the brutally honest truth, this truth that might mean that it's also painful, that means I might, you might be hurt, that you might, yeah, allowing, like, this thing of 
allowing ourselves to face what's true regarding if it will be hurtful or not. No, I, I can, uh, I can definitely understand how that would be your definition because I mean, uh, if if anybody has been more honest and truthful with not only themselves but other people, it's definitely you. Uh, I mean, when I met you, uh, that was uh, that article that you released shortly after we started talking about you know how you know what happened, uh, you growing up, you being sort of left on the steps of a church by your mother. Um, you know, that was very, very open of you. And like I said, I know the honesty that you've given me and a lot of other people has again been that catalyst for them. So uh, I can definitely see how a definition like what you just said of, of facing that truth, no matter whether there's pain in it or not, would definitely be your definition. Yeah, definitely. So, so thinking back, I mean, you know, obviously I just sort of alluded to it, and, but what would you say would be your earliest memory of facing vulnerability? Because I, I don't think you obviously remember, um, you know, as far back as what I just mentioned, because you were literally just born, but um, coming into the next parts of your life, what would you say would be the, the earliest memory of facing some vulnerability? I mean, it did, I must say there's two different approaches on this because one is now when I have grown very consci- conscious about what vulnerability is and how to approach that yeah. and looking backwards and then realizing many, many, many different experiences. And another one is to just feel when did I even, you know, when did I actually realize what vulnerability is and what <laughs> is that moment, right? Yeah. Which one do you want me to take? Um, why not both? <laughs> okay, well, we can start where it starts. And that's like when I even realizing what, what vulnerability is. And that is when I'm in Berlin. It's 2013. My girlfriend for four years is breaking up with me. And I'm sitting in a hostel room on one of those bunk beds and I moved there for her from London, leaving everything I had. So when I met her and she said she doesn't want to spend time with me and I'm left feeling extremely alone, this is the first moment which I can recall. I'm actually realizing what vulnerability is because in that very moment, I'm literally sitting on the bed, looking out the window and just asking myself, now what? And as I answer that, as I ask that, I'm realizing, yeah, Eric, it's time to get to work. Because it's like, I mean, not work as your job. It's like focusing on myself because I didn't have anything there. I didn't have anyone who was going to come and save me in some kind of way. Or it was time to just scrap the bullshit. I just knew, I knew it right then that this is the very moment where, be honest, man, this is it. You got yourself in there. There's no one who's going to come and get yourself out there. You can't sit there and kid yourself. That's the moment. So for... for, Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, continue. Well, okay, and then... So that's the moment when I realized vulnerability had to show up, you know, open myself and all that. And that's how I actually started my change in my career. And I built a network of people around me who supported me which was so strange for me, you know, coming from being Mr. Strong Guy, Mr. Popular Guy, Mr. Worldwide in so many ways, 
I'm working into interviews and when people are telling these stories about how fancy their degrees are or how many experiences they have, I'm the one walking in and literally saying, I moved here for my girlfriend because I thought I wanted to show her what she really meant. She did not, you know, she did not want to get together with me. And I know that I have so many qualities and I am looking for a job and I would love to do that. This is my story. And I still remember how, you know, you're sitting in these group interviews and how people just turned their heads and looked at me and was like, dude, who are you? But that's how I made the best connections ever over there. That's how my journey started. Now, to cover the second approach that I said, looking backwards and what vulnerability is, knowing it with more conscious light. When I'm, uh, when I'm very, very young, I may, be, um, <clears throat> I may be four or five years old and I am super angry at my mom and dad for bringing me to this country where nobody wants me and being super upset, super angry at this. When that's when I'm realizing that um, I, I can't pretend to be white, to be Swedish, to have blonde hair when I don't. You know, that's actually the first moments when I can go back and say, I realize I practice being vulnerable. No, and, and so it's, it's, this is really interesting for me because, uh, you know, usually the podcasts have a certain format and that's why I wanted you to sort of go after both perspectives because I don't know that anybody has necessarily looked at their life and realized, okay, I'm only realizing what vulnerability is much later on in my life. You know, like you said, 2013, we're talking seven years ago. Um, you know, that's when you sort of realize what true vulnerability is. And then you can relate that back to your past, which is a very interesting way to do it because most people just sort of go back to, you know, that memory that they have as a child and, and, and just sort of, uh, you know, assume it was vulnerability. You know, even I've had a lot of people where they'll say they didn't really face any vulnerability as a, as a kid because, you know, they had like the perfect family or whatever it might be. And, and so again, I just, I really appreciate that, that perspective that you gave us because I think a lot of people could use that to sort of reflect. Um, because that's, yeah. I think, one of the issues that we have nowadays is that we don't necessarily reflect on our past. We just sort of get stuck in what's happening tomorrow or what the future might hold and so on and so forth. Yeah. I mean, we, we all have them. And I mean, think, I think one experience that we all have is either the first kiss or the first time we had sex. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're probably right. Yeah. And those can have some vulnerabilities to them for sure. Because I think that, you know, the, the first things you're probably thinking after it happens is, did I do well? <laughs> was it, was it good? Oh, yes. <laughs> it's that moment. Like that's what I said about it. My definition is this thing of, it's that moment when you're allowing yourself and others to, to, to get hurt if it's really like you're allowing yourself to see the truth and others to see the truth in you and it allows people it allows you to get hurt if that would be the case you know right and i mean even do you remember back in the days when you were going to the school dance and all the boys are lined up on one side and all the little girls on another side and you're supposed to walk over and ask the girl for a dance and she can say no Come on. Yeah. No. Well, <laughs> That's like practicing being vulnerable. 
No, for sure. And, and I remember one of my first uh, dances to get into an embarrassing story of my own. And, and I remember standing, I walked up to the girl, she walked up to me and she put her hand on my shoulders and I put my hands on her shoulders as well. And I know that it's supposed to be her hands on my shoulders and my hands like near her hips. And so here I am dancing with her with our hands both on each shoulder until somebody walked up to me, tapped me on the shoulder and was like, um, dude, your hands are supposed to be here. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so yeah, you want to talk about the vulnerability of your first dance and yeah, we can, we can definitely get into that. So I, I definitely remember a lot of those things and it's it's actually quite fun to reflect back on them you know so people like you know I, I i may not release the video to this and and not everybody may know you um hopefully they'll they'll see your image on the posts that i make and everything like that but i want to get back to that point that you made about you know you're four or five years old your parents had adopted you and brought you to sweden so you're obviously not white or blonde <laughs> you're you're african-american you're colombian but from from birth basically that's where you were born so you know what would you say like if you can look back at that even more like you know coming to this country having to go to school in that country and be around people that were very very different from you like what what like how, how what was that like like how, how how did you overcome you know things like i'm sure there well i i mean i know because i read your articles and stuff but how did you overcome the things like bullying and the fact that just people didn't necessarily want to accept you um how did i overcome oh uh, how did i overcome that's a good question like how did i overcome that or like what helped you get through it? Because I mean, I'm sure it couldn't have been easy, but there must have been something that supported you throughout that time. Otherwise, I could see it just sort of, you know, bearing down on you and, and holding you back. You know, by finding, now I would say that it is, what will help me overcome this is actually that I, there was a support system around me. So in this sense, it was my mom and dad. So I didn't really have that many friends at this time. And my mom and dad, they were not supportive in the way even I thought they were supportive at that time. Not at all. I thought they were really against everything that I wanted to do. I did not give them an easy time. But now, <laughs> knowing it, I would say they were supportive. I don't think even they knew it at the time. But they, first, they always wanted me to do an activity. So it was from track and field. So from dancing, I went to track and field. And yeah, I kind of continued that path right there. And I, and I was doing the scouts as well. So they always tried to put me to do an activity that they realized that I liked and that I was good at. And by finding that, especially in track and field, when we found that I'm really good at running, that helped me a lot in the sport, the physical activity in its own helped me gain this mindset of that I can this whole training method, but then also that by winning small, small races, by winning larger competitions and so forth, right? It helped me gain a certain reputation that helped me then overcome this thing of that people stopped bullying me because they realized Eric is doing things. He is succeeding. He's getting... He, he's getting first place, third place, whatever it is, right? He's part of that race um, in the scouts. He can do, like, he's coming back and telling the stories of things that he's actually done. And that, over time, really helped to lower the, um, 
I mean, helped me overcome the the people who always had something bad to say. And in the end, it was only a few people left who had something bad to say. It's 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 quite funny to me, like when you put it that way, how sort of you can go from the person that people might look down on or beat up on or whatever the case might be, however you want to put it. And then you suddenly shift to being this person that's sort of inspiring people. Like you said, people went from looking at you as like the the sort of oddball or the the different person. And then all of a sudden, when you started to have a little bit of success, then all of a sudden people were like, well, if Eric can, then why can't I? And so again, yeah. it's it's that. And I think we see that a lot in, in today's world where we see people that are, you know, successful and I'm air quoting right now because success can be defined different by different people. But we see that when people sort of look at other people and doing it, they, they then find in themselves that, well, if that person can, why can't I? So you know, would the strength that you say that, that, that you found at that point in time, would you say that that would be confidence or would it be something else? I, I, that's sort of what I got from that, but I, I want you to sort of. I think it's, it, it has a, comp- it's a combination of confidence. Yes. I mean, definitely. I mean, is it confidence and confidence and trust in me, first of all, and then gradually by hearing it from others outside being like, Ooh, hello, you know? But then it's this thing of resilience, like Tove Evans, you probably heard about him, right? Yeah. I, you, I heard about the story about Rogers, Cesar Rogers. Yeah. It's just, we have this similar, it's all similar bits that by taking action, by doing, we gain confidence in ourselves, trust in ourselves, right? By gaining trust in ourselves, we automatically start behaving in a different way towards the people around us and we start automatically being able to be to be able to handle and manage what people say and think around us in a different way and that immediately has an effect over to the people around us right so when people around us see that and see this like you're walking chest up we're walking first into the room we are allowing people to see us then Things just turn, people turn and say like, because in a way I'm like, bullying is always this thing where the people are trying to pull somebody down because of what they are not. Yeah, that part there. No, no. And it makes sense. And you know, as, as you're saying all that, I'm just thinking about where you're at right now and with your whole idea behind connecting humans and with the networking events and stuff that you've held and how you've shown people that, you know, as much as we think we're different because we look different, we sound different, we have different jobs or whatever it might be, there's literally way more similarities between us than we would ever imagine. And, and I, th- I think that's sort of the point that you were bringing up there is that, you know, when, when we actually start to open up to each other, when, when one person starts, starts, to, starts to take the lead, that the rest of us then realize, okay, we're not alone in this. And that was one of the big things when, when you and I started to connect because you, you sort of encouraged me, put yourself out there, put your story out there, share your story and see what happens. And funny enough, you know, when, when you're thinking about it, you're like, well, you know, people are going to judge me. People are going to be, you know, they're going to bully, whatever it might be. But then you find out, well, there's a hundred other people that are just like you that are going through something just like what you're going through. And you find that connection and, and it helps not only, like you said, it not only helps them, but it also helps you build that confidence in yourself. Yeah, definitely. So 
I just, I, uh, like I said. I have, I mean, even right now, so we are in lockdown Barcelona, right? We are probably until the end of April, we can't go outside and all. And just before this happened, I met a girl, I met a woman, sorry. And, um, you know, we started a date. But in the last week, she has been very, she has been quiet. She hasn't texted me or anything. And I'm sitting at home. And when I'm having a moment over, I'm like, oh, my God, you know, what did, does she not, you know, does she not like me? Does she not want to talk to me again? Oh, no, one more of those stories. You know, you meet someone, you think she's the right one. Is it that? But then in this, now I have this thing of thinking, way of thinking, I'm just going, but you know what, Eric? It's not about what she's thinking. It's about what you're thinking. What do you think? What do you know? What are your intentions? So I wrote it down on the paper, just like, my intentions are to be dating X, right? I really like her. I like wrote it down. That's what I want. If I have the opportunity, I would like to see her and all this stuff. But this is what I want. That's it. And then focus on that. And then I can just ask them, can I do something about that right now? No, I can't. That's it. Just like right there. And that goes, I mean, Brian, this is exactly the same thing as I'm doing when I'm 12 years old and being told I cannot become a pilot. It has very much the same thing. I, if we are focusing on what other people might think or feel around us, we can go, we can go bananas. We can go crazy. But if we center it to ourselves and our allow ourselves, talking about being vulnerable, allow ourselves to face the truth, as in I wrote down on this paper too about this woman that I was dating, that I am dating, saying that, yes, but I will also be very hurt. It will hurt if she says no. I wrote that down. Because that's the truth. No, I, I, it's, I just heard this literally, I think it was yesterday when I was listening to another podcast that, you know, we, we have to, and, and it was to sort of your point of writing it down is that we have to sort of face that truth. We have to face everything about that truth, the pain behind it, the struggle behind it, everything, because if we don't, then we're just going to keep living in our heads. We're going to keep, you know, assuming that things are something that they may not be. And, and so we need to, you know, get better at doing that. Because again, if we're not doing it, then we're just, we're just sort of being stuck in this story. And if we're not facing our pain, then how can we see the better side of things as well? Right. If we're just, you know, always trying to be positive, you know, there's a lot of this whole, like, just yeah. stay positive, just be happy. And, and, and yeah. as much as that's important, there's the other side of things too. Be, being positive. I mean, I even watched Simon Sinek talk about that. It's like being positive is kind of, it's even being ignorant towards the truth so many times. Like, yeah, it's going to be okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. You know what? Screw you. Seriously, I am worried because I am worried because I'm, I really like that person. And when I'm really liking that person, I open myself, I'm allowing myself to open up for being hurt as well. But you know what? I'm also opening myself up to have an amazing time, to have, you know, the most incredible experiences ever. Now, which two sides do you want to focus on? That comes later. But that's, and that's why even Simon Sinek referred to it as in being optimistic versus being positive. And I'm 100% with you, Brian. This whole thing of being, 
or be positive, be positive, be positive. That's that's literally the same thing as you're scrolling into, if you're hopping into your Instagram and you're scrolling motivational quotes the whole day. <laughs> Which doesn't really do anything if, if you don't implement or if you don't actually take any action. And that's one thing, like I said at the beginning of this episode that I learned from you is like, it's great to have lots of thoughts or to, to look and read a lot of things. But if you're not actually taking action, if you're not actually starting on anything, then it really doesn't matter. It's just, you're just sort of filling your head with useless information at the end of the day. So, um, so yeah, again, couldn't agree more with what you're saying. (laughs) So one thing I want to get into, because it's one area that I think connected me to you the most and that I related with you the most when we first met is, you know, when you sort of, you had like what most people would consider like the dream career, you've, you've had like these incredible careers throughout your life with big brands and, and just, you know, you've done really incredible things in the career world. And then you suddenly, like you said, after that breakup, you were like, well, this maybe isn't where I'm supposed to be and who am I supposed to be and what am I supposed to be doing? And so if you can just sort of touch on that a bit, like just give people this, an idea of what I'm talking about, because obviously I don't want to tell your whole story for you, but you know, how, how, like, aside from the breakup, like how did you make that decision to just say, okay, you know what, this isn't where I'm supposed to be. The the breakup was life's first little lesson to me. A ice cold snowball in my face, trying to tell me or ask me what's more important in life. The career that you're chasing right now when I was in London or well, that person that you love, that you're with what matters more. And uh, yes, I've been, you know, I've been around the world with fantastic companies and in such young age, in such great leadership positions and the salary checks were there, the, the popularity, all popularity things were like, bing, bing, bing. But they were so surface level. They were so, they didn't mean, they didn't mean that you had people that believed in you or say speak of me right who believed in me and who was there for me when I needed them that didn't mean that I had meaningful trusting relationships it just meant they had a lot of people that's their number and uh, there in in Berlin that's when this first wake-up call happened and I had to get back to the basics what is it I want to do? I'm, I'm sitting there in a hostel room, you know, and just, what shall I do? I can keep doing the same thing as I have been doing, or I can take another route. And you will never find me doing the same mistakes again. I have done several ones. And sometimes I have repeated them a number of times too. But when it's like this grave and I can see them so clearly in my face, I was just, okay, so what is the other path then? I don't know what the other path is. I don't know what's leading. I don't know what the results are. But the only thing I know is that if I do not try that other path, I will not find out. So I just get to work over there in Berlin. I start, I start me, I just start trying for every single thing I have never been. And yes, you know, surprisingly enough, the next job I actually get in the, over there is like, first, yes, I take in this really, say, 
you know, at this time, I'm 20, I was 27, 28 years old at that time, right? And I'm taking an internship position as a 28-year-old <laughs> with a very prestigious degree from a type Ivy League school in Switzerland and being around the world. People looked at me as like, dude, internship position? But I was like, yep. I would take this internship position because it was in a field I had no clue about. And I said to myself, I will show you, me, that I can make this. That was my only goal orientation at that point. I will show you I can. One and a half months later, the manager calls me in and goes like, okay, we want to offer you a full-time position. So, you know, it's this thing again, get get down to do the job. No, and, and so it, it's interesting to me, like if we, if we sort of tie everything that we've talked about is like, you know, you're saying in the beginning that, you know, you have to be able to face the uncomfortable, face the pain, you know, going back to vulnerability. And, you know, like you just said, at 27, 28 years old, you're taking an internship, which most people would think is nuts because at that point in your life, and again, I think these are societal things that people tell us, like, you know, by the time you're 30, you should like have your dream career yeah. and have a house and a family and all this sort of stuff. But so I, I can understand where you're coming from. But again, it's that thing of you sort of said to yourself, okay, well, this isn't maybe the normal direction or the way that I should be going compared to what people say or what people think but I'm going to do it because I think that by facing this uncomfortable situation or doing this thing that's uncomfortable, maybe I'll learn something from it. And I, I'm only going to obviously assume that you did because I feel like that started led to the next things and the next thing and the next thing. And that, that sort of, I guess, risk taker was sort of awoken inside of you because from what I've seen over the last few years, you've taken quite a few risks in, in just basically trying whatever you thought might work or whatever you wanted to do to sort of lead you to, like you said, down that path, even not, not knowing where that path is going to go. You've, you've sort of allowed yourself to continue to just sort of journey to, down that path and, and hope that it leads you in the, in the right direction. And that is being vulnerable to risking to be seen and being, to be seen and see the truth. They are, but you know, they, in, in an essence, it comes back to you can choose to hide, you can choose to ignore, you can choose to not want to look at it, not want to feel it. You can choose that. But the longer you do, the further away from the real, you know, feeling this real pure emotion of joy, feeling this emotion of that I pride being proud of who you are and what you're doing and this is what has get me going and this is what has led me to do what i'm doing right now because i'm realizing that in the bottom i just want to feel proud of what i do and who i am that's all and that to be feeling proud of some to, to have that feeling it involves taking the risk it involves contributing to others it definitely evolves the connection to other humans around me. I am not going to feel proud of what I do and who I am if I'm just going to stand here doing my own thing for myself, me, and my, me, myself, and I. Not at all. What it sounds like to me, what you're, what you're bringing up there, and this is something I've heard in past episodes and also something that you brought up to me very recently on a phone call, is you have to know what your values are. 
because like you said, you do things more now because you're proud of them and, and makes you feel proud in yourself. And to me that just, like I said, it sounds like you ha- like you, you know what your values are. And, and if we all sort of had more of an idea or, or actually maybe wrote them down, whatever it might be, if we knew what those values were, that's what is going to lead you down the path uh, to where you, where you're supposed to be. Yes. I can just say yes, Brian. That's very, very <laughs> true. <laughs> just, just get to, and I mean, to find out your values and all this is, it's maybe not super straightforward. It can take, it can be a process, and obviously that's also an experience I have working with people that I am working with, especially in the leadership, to able to work or lead based on our values, because our values have been suppressed for so long. Like what you think, uh-uh. what you believe, uh-uh. all this stuff. We're supposed to be copying a lot. But there was something you said there about the values they are supposed to be there. Very, very true. Ah, I have a question for you here. <laughs> Many people scream authenticity as a value today. <laughs> they scream being authentic. Hello, you gotta be, this is, I'm authentic, Eric, and all this stuff. Which I think is super funny because imagine if you're meeting them on the street or in a meeting and go like, I'm authentic. <laughs> you know, if I would hear somebody say that to me, I'd be like, mm, right I away, wonder. you wonder. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. But can I ask you this question? Sure. Can you be authentic without coming from a place from vulnerability? I don't think so. I, I think that that was part of my biggest problem in the last couple of years is that I was you know, trying to present this one person online, uh, you know, this person who, you know, was successful or, you know, could teach you how to really, you know, be happier and be more successful in life. And yet in the background, I was, I had a lot of turmoil going on in my own personal relationships in my own life and everything. And so there was the person online who was supposed to be authentic, but yet in my actual life there was a lot going on and and i wasn't showing that and so you know it goes back to these these things that have been said on past episodes as well about wearing these masks and i think that the only reason that i'm able to be more authentic now is because i've taken that leap into vulnerability i mean i've shared a ton of personal stuff on my podcast i've done two solo episodes where i've shared a lot of um uh, longer solo episodes where i've shared a lot of stuff and now every week i do a solo episode where i share one thing that I'm sort of learning about myself or, or that I've faced in the, in the recent times or even in the past or whatever it might be. And I noticed that the more that I do that, the more I'm able to just be comfortable with who I am rather than, you know, trying to put forth this, you know, uh, this person who isn't, who doesn't actually exist is just sort of a figment of my imagination and something that I want people to see for them to maybe accept me. Whereas now I'm just saying, this is Brian. This is who I am. This is what I'm going through. Accept it or not, I don't really care. And it's like, like you said, it, it's it's facing that vulnerability that's allowed me to be more authentic. So yeah, I would say that to to be authentic, you definitely have to be vulnerable. I think both go hand in hand. Yeah, and I, I said to come from a place from vulnerability because I believe that we don't have to go all in vulnerability in terms of to be authentic but if things are not coming from a place of as you're saying there that i'm i'm here's a piece of me right here this is the truth i'm allowing you to see that and i'm hearing it around people who are having these kind of talks and these values right and i would like to challenge anyone who's listening to this 
if your value is authenticity, then I want to ask you, is vulnerability part of that list too? Because if it isn't, I would like to challenge you to then start opening that little chest and say, okay, you know what? If vulnerability is something that I'm very uncomfortable with, but I'm saying that I'm authentic, I have, I'm, I'm a little bit skeptic right there. Mm-hmm. However, if you're willing to look into that, yes, authenticity is a value of mine, and yes, I'm willing to open that chest of vulnerability as well, then I will say, yeah, now you might be able to see that connection that you can have within yourself as you right now describe very well. Because how does that make you feel to just answer this question when you're meeting people? Hey, Brian, what are you doing? Who are you? Yeah, no, it's true. And, and, and I think another point that you brought up there that's important is it's not necessarily, and this is something that I think has been brought up on past episodes as well, is that vulnerability isn't necessarily about just putting it out there to the world and letting everybody know what's going on. I think what I should mention as well is that this started with conversations I was having with my wife. I opened up to my wife in a very big way through, you know, we had a very long and in-depth conversation and we continue to have deep, deeper conversations and doing that with her first and, and in my personal relationships and even with myself through meditation, through journaling, through things like that, that's where it started. And then that allowed me to then sort of start putting it onto the world. So I, I, I just, when you made that point, it made me think about the fact that I don't want to put forth the message to people that you got to put, you know, your, your, yourself out there through a podcast or through whatever and put no. your whole story out there to be vulnerable. Um, you know, vulnerability comes from within. It comes from those close relationships that you have, like family and, and spouses. But then, you know, the next step, I guess, after that, if you decide to take that step, and again, everybody's different, and I, I'm not saying this is the way to do it, but if you decide to take that step, then it's, you know, like you said, taking a piece of yourself and putting it out into the world and seeing what happens with it. And the one thing, like I said, you know, before in this episode that I've learned from you is that when you do, do decide to do that, a lot of times you're going to find the 5, 10, 15, 100 other people that are going through the same thing. And then that's when you realize that, you know, it's, it's, you're you're having an impact and that you're not alone. Right. And that's the biggest thing I think we need to all realize is that we're not alone as, as alone as we might feel, especially in a time like right now where we're isolated and so on and so forth. There's, there's so much, there's, there's so many other people out there that are facing the same thing and we just need to find our ways to, to connect with that, whether it's through online or whatever it might be. And there's, I mean, you bring up, you reminded me very well there that two points. First point, yeah, there has been like this kind of epitome of people realizing that vulnerability is some type of superpower, but they haven't understood what vulnerability really is. So instead of actually honing that connection to vulnerability, they do what you said there. They are screaming about how bad their childhoods were and their relationships. So they're putting it all out there like oh my god i was that was so bad and they're crying their hearts out of that and be sitting in spain right now being european i must say that the american part of the world is very good at this in terms of marketing but again without putting a finger on this or too much i just want to say it's not about having the worst story or the best story that's not vulnerability. That's not what we're talking about. That's not being authentic, right? It's just about being able to stay true to yourself and then share 
what you would love to share, feeling absolutely comfortable about yourself, that you're honest and that you're true to yourself, and the other one, the person, whoever you're talking to, you do not have to tell everyone everything in your life. And I, I think it's funny that we even talk about this because I have clients. I mean, I have senior executives who think that, okay, so do we need to now talk about our families? No. That's the one thing. But then, the, um, oh, I forgot the other part that I wanted to say to you right there. But that's a, that's a very good point of yours that I will also see strongly around me. No, it's okay. And if you remember the second point, just interject and bring it up. Don't worry about it. That's the whole fun of a podcast is that there's no real <laughs> rhyme or rhythm to it. The conversation can go. I've had conversations and tangents go in 20 different directions during an episode. And at, at, when I first started this, it would freak me out and I'd be sitting over here frozen or standing over here frozen going, what am I supposed yeah. to do with this? But now I just sort of, you know, let it go and and, and go with it however it might be. And, and to, to sort of, again, I, I like the points that you're bringing up because it's it's making me sort of even look at what I'm doing in a different way and 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 think about what I'm doing but the one thing that I th- I I hope I'm doing you know some justice with in in terms of this podcast is that you know I'm not sort of asking people to just put those stories like you're saying out there of like this was my childhood and da da da, da. what I'm trying to do is is make people realize that we yes we all go through these things or we've all you know faced vulnerability in a different way but the the key to what I'm trying to do here is is to show people that you can learn something from it, that there's a certain amount of strength that can come from it. So it's not about, you know, getting into our sob stories and making people feel sorry for us. It's about letting people know that, you know, you can make it through this too. You can get through this too. And here's, you know, how I did it, or here's things that helped me. And and that's what I think is the sort of the key here is, is that, you know, if you're going to share your vulnerabilities, if you're going to put them out there into the world, don't just put it out there as like, feel sorry for me. You know, my life sucked put it out there as like, you know, did you, did you remember there the you point? Now you, now you might realize the point. <laughs> go, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> it was this thing of when you use vulnerability from a aspect of receiving, that's when I'm questioning, are you really being vulnerable? That, that's what he said right there. This thing of if you're saying, if you're, sharing this story about say i'm adopted oh my god my childhood oh my god you know what you can trust me because i have gone through this that's when my mind just goes um yeah but have you dealt with it yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) that there's that that yeah I'm just laughing because it's so true. Like you, you don't really know if people have or not. And that's why, like I said, it was important for you to bring up that, that uh, sort of that point a few minutes ago where I said, I talked with my wife first and I dealt with things with my wife first rather than just going online and being like, you know, I've been telling you guys I'm all successful, but my life actually sucks. Cause that would have done nothing. Right. It would have just yeah. had people going like, okay, well, Brian's fake and who is he? And, and like, it would have sort of made a lot of people question me. Whereas what I did is I stepped away from everything instead. And, you know, I stayed connected with the people that were close to me, like yourself and a few other friends. And, and I really just decided I got to take time for Brian. I got to, I got to get back into who Brian is. And then once I got comfortable with that again, 
is when I was able to start doing this podcast, when I was able to start putting out a little more content. And trust me, there's a lot more to come, but I'm not sort of taking the approach that I did in the past where it's just like, let's put things out there and hopefully people, you know, attach to it and people like it and, you know, and everything. Mm. I'm, I'm making sure that it's who I am first and that yeah. it, it, it's clear to me so that this time around I don't get out there and I'm like, this still isn't Brian or this still isn't authentic. I, I'd rather just know what I want and what my values are before I put them, put things more out there to the world. Like this has already been a ton as it is. I mean, <laughs> doing a podcast is not easy yeah. by any means. Right. But this one step has, has definitely opened my eyes and, and opened me up as well um, to knowing that there's, there's a lot more to come. Very, very true. And you mentioned even in the beginning there that uh, when you asked me what the definition of uh, vulnerability is, and uh, you said that, yeah, you're, also, you, you're saying the truth to other people around you, although they might not even like it. And, and that's true. In terms of being vulnerable first to yourself, really, really, it starts with you. And I would encourage anyone, and I think it's also a journey, because I don't know if I'm where I am in this journey. I wouldn't say that I'm 100% like, woohoo, feel free about everything is vulnerability. No, I still have to work on my things and, you know, even, but I'm, what I, the point I want to say with this is say it, be vulnerable for the sake of that you have something that you want, you want the truth, that you want to say the truth. You have something to say, not because you want to get something or you want to get somewhere, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's not about that. It's like you, you're talking, you're being vulnerable with your wife, you're saying. Yes, because you're valuing that relationship with, with your wife and you want to make sure that you can stay true, hopefully, stay true yeah. in this relationship with your wife and being true and honest with her and she can be true and honest with you. That way, it will have, you will have the greatest results that way. And that's the same thing as when we're looking at us and if somebody's considering being more vulnerable or looking into the vulnerability right now, ask, just consider this thing of say things just for the sake that you have something to say. There's something you believe, there's something you feel. You say it because you have something to say. You have something to share with the world. You don't share it because you want to become an influencer. Yeah. I think to, to sort of, the, the, as, as you were saying that, there was sort of this uh, uh, sentence sort of brewing in my head and it was, you know, do things in service, not for acceptance, right? So do things in service of others, not just to be accepted or acknowledged by others. And I think that that's a lot of what sort of you said in the last few minutes here is, is that, you know, we're, we're, we're putting things out there in hopes to get acceptance from others and hopes for others to be like, he's cool or, or I like him because of this or whatever. We're looking for people to sort of, you know, uh, pat us on the shoulder or whatever the saying you want to pat our ego or whatever the, the saying is you want to use. Whereas if you do it in service of others and not worrying about all that other stuff, that's when you're going to really feel the most from it or get the most from it. Um, and that's something, again, I've heard over and over again as well, is that being in service of others is where you find true joy and where you find, you know, where you actually find more about yourself is when you're in service of others. And this is even a point that you brought up on the last call that we were on. You said, you know, like, what do other people say about you? What do other people think about you? Like, look at that rather than trying to figure out who you are by 
what you think. Yeah, I am. That's and that's that's the key here that you can't do it alone. This you just can't do everything alone in your life, and just don't. And if you don't feel that you, if you don't feel that you can ask your best friends, your wife, your husband, whoever your partner is, right, and they will tell you the truth. Mm, it's time to start right there. So, you know, I, I want to sort of get to, to sort of bringing all this sort of to, to like bringing it all together. And, and in the sense that, you know, you seem like a very, you know, joyful, very positive, as much as that word might not be the right word, but you seem like a very joyful, very positive person. But, you know, everything that you've been through throughout your life, like what is the, the toll that that took on you? But then how also has it helped you get to where you're at right now? Okay. The toll it has taken on me, the toll it has taken on me is joy and love. I don't, I have not experienced true joy and true love as much as I could have. I'm aware of that. I have been faking it too long on not too long. I have been faking it a longer time. I've been doing things for others. I've been trying to show other people wrong. I've been trying to please others, you know, trying to be cool. And that guy in so many others' eyes, anything from in business to in friends and in relationships. I have been that guy who's sitting on a date and the girl kind of touches me in the arm. And she even goes, I remember this one because I still remember, you know, it's that so much in me that she goes and shows if you just had little bigger arms you would be so hot <laughs> you know i and i have been the guy who thinks immediately okay i need to go to the gym then because i need to have bigger arms for to make sure that ladies likes me but this has taken a toll in that i have not had that true joy and true love for myself with myself being proud of who i am as long as i could have what it has gained me the most, all these tough rides, is a relentless way of even now when the COVID hits, I'm like, this is not going to keep me down. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I have started this. I refuse to give up on what I have started here. I just have to shift my ways of doing things. I will find a way. And that has helped me so much that, you know, I'm known for, and I also want to be remembered for. This is a great exercise in, this is in the book here, is exercise to ask, what do you want to be remembered for? And I am remembered for already, this guy who always finds a way. And I love that around myself. I proud myself about that because that's the great results I have learned and, you know, a skill that I've taken away from all this hardship. And on top of that, by finding a way how to communicate, that's what I've learned is my key strength, how to communicate to myself as in, you know, how to stand up again, keep going again, dust yourself up again. You can do it again, that internal communication. But then also that external communication in how to talk my way past the bouncer at the club <laughs> to, a, to an interview, to speaking with clients, to 
inspire an audience of thousand people in a certain to a certain way of seeing things, right? That communication is the another great result of having to go through or having that I chose to go through all those hurdles early in my life. And now I've obviously chosen, or obviously for me, it's obvious now that I have chosen to balance it out to, yes, I can still be relentless and go through things, but yes, I can also be, I want more love and joy in my life and in what I do. Uh, that's a, a pretty great way to sort of put it all together, I would say. And and I will also agree that you are probably one of the most resilient people that I know. I've I've only known you for the last three years, but through that time and, and what you shared with me and the things that you've been through and the travels and everything that you've sort of done to just continue going down your path and continue chasing your dreams and, and being on that journey, you definitely have more resilience than most people that I know. And, and I just want to sort of put that out there because I, I think it's an incredible skill that you have. And, and I really just, uh, you know, I, I hope that I'm learning something from it at the end of the day, because I, I think that I've been resilient. There's definitely not maybe as resilient. And I don't want to get into the whole comparing because we're all different and there's no point in comparing each, uh, each other's situations. But at the end of the day, like I do think that you know, there's been a lot of times over the past few years where I could have just chosen to give up. But I think sometimes when that happens, I just think to myself, what would Eric do? <laughs> <laughs> or I, or I message you on WhatsApp and I say, hey, we need to get on a call because I'm stuck in this spot. And then you and I will hop on a call and all of a sudden I'm not so stuck. So, um, so definitely, you know, just want to put that out there. <clears throat> so getting down to the last, you know, few questions of the interview. Okay, so getting down to the last few questions of the episode. Um, so one of the last few questions I like to ask is, would you say that at this point in your life that you found success and fulfillment in your life? And I think this ties into what you just said. Or would you say that you're still on your journey towards that? I have not found success and fulfillment in my life. I am creating success and fulfillment in my life right now. Of course, of course, you'd have the most original and different answer because <laughs> nobody has said that yet. And I've done, like I said, I've done 50 episodes pre-recorded um, and, and nobody has said that yet. So uh, kudos to you for continuing to be original and, and uh, definitely, definitely makes sense coming from you. So the last thing, the last question that I have um, is, you know, if people were to listen back to this, there's a ton that they can take away from it. I mean, this episode has been very different from most in terms of the fact that it's been more of a conversation and you've shared a lot of different sort of ways to look at things and, and tips that people can take away. But if you could give people three key lessons, three key tips from your journey, your life that have helped you get to where you're at right now, what would you say those three lessons would be? Okay. The first one is my favorite. I, um, if you're finding yourself when you're home and you're alone and your cell phone is maybe off or mute, you don't have your internet connection, there's no one else around, you can't hop on Tinder, you can't go on Instagram, just can't Netflix, it's you. It's you and the walls. And if you feel that at that moment you're very uncomfortable, you're starting to feel that you need to do something, it might be because right now that's the one thing you need the most. Because you know down, down, down below, you down deep inside, 
that you are in, you are a lonely, that there is something that wants to be heard, and it's freaking scary. But if it's something I've learned as a lesson number one, when that moment, when that voice, when that feeling comes over you, face it, please, or call me, call Brian, <laughs> to ask what's happening right here, and we can have an honest conversation about it, because that is your key to what's about to happen in your life that will turn your life upside out, inside out, upside down in terms of what you're, what's really happening, what was really supposed to be for you. So that's one thing. So really, yes, listen to it. Two, and I uh, lesson. Yeah. Consider, or like, let me say this, two, what do you, you consider that question? What do you want to be remembered for? When you're sitting there at home, or when you're going to work and you're hustling and bustling and doing your things and you're Netflixing, or you may be just going to work, doing all this thing, just ask yourself, what do you want to be remembered for? That helped me a lot. And also finding, you know, asking other people, find, asking my aunt, asking my cousins, asking my brother, this thing of, what would you say is something typical me? Learning what, what it is that I really am remembered for already now helped me boost my energy and, and courage and confidence a lot. Please take that one as a second. And third, live a little bit more untamed than you probably do. Be a little bit naughty, be a little dirty, do exciting things, turn those freaking lips on your face upwards, you know, do that thing that just goes like, oh my God, you know, I did that. It's like, yeah, you did? Like, yes, I did it. Oh my God. And it can be, it can be one of those things that you, you maybe want to forget, but this is what makes life lively. So, Yeah. Playing in the safe zone, comfort zone, playing by the rules at all times. Live a little untamed. No, I, I, that last one there, I, I know is definitely you because I remember one of the things that uh, that you sort of put out there when we when you first started your journey on on social and when we first met was you know how you were sort of taking this new approach to life and and doing this new activity where you were just trying to walk up to random people and either give them a compliment or start a conversation. And, and, you know, I think that that's something that a lot of us would think is strange or weird and would never consider doing. But I know that when you, when you sort of shared about doing it, how it not only just made you feel better, but you noticed that it also made the other person feel better. And so I can definitely see how that last one, you know, be a little different, do things that are a little different, do things that are outside your comfort zone. Again, another key lesson that I've learned from you over the last few years, aside from just starting was, you know, get outside your comfort zone, because if you've been in your comfort zone for too long, it just starts to feel normal. And that's what life's supposed to be. But it's when you step outside of it that you're like, no, 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 wait, this, this is what life's supposed to be. So a solid three, but that last one, I could, I definitely, that's definitely Eric, 1000%. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's also one of these things that people say, like, Eric, you're such a, like, yeah, but why not? Like, 
there's a uh, there's a mantra I go by it says nothing ventured, nothing gained. So I'm just okay. Well, I haven't tried it yet, so let's try it. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's definitely you. So the last thing is not uh, is not a question, but it's just more of an opportunity for my guests to sort of promote themselves, put themselves out there to the world, let people know where to find you. Because again, you've taken the time, you've given me the time today. So I want to make sure that people can reach out to you. I can definitely attest that reaching out to Eric will change your way of thinking because it's changed the way I, uh, the way I think it was, you've made a huge impact on my life, but enough about that. You go ahead. The floor is yours. Okay. Before I go there, I just wanted to say that you made a comment earlier. I want to say, Brian, the first time we talked, you were going, I repeated your life over a, I think it was a WhatsApp call and you paused in the car and you were like, Damn, that sounds so sad. <laughs> and now yeah. you're sitting doing podcast interviews and you've been hesitating writing articles. You've been hesitating going on LinkedIn. You've been hesitating with so many things. And here you are doing podcast interviews with people around the world who shares a topic on vulnerability. I just must say, I'm looking at a man who I'm really appreciating a lot because you have done these things of, taking action on what you thought you didn't want to do at all from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So that's, a, that, I just want to say that to you. No, like seriously, thank you. just give yourself a big boost and just be like, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty damn good there. <laughs> okay. For the, for the audience, for you, ladies and gentlemen, homo, homo sapiens, you might listen to this. Please reach out to me on LinkedIn or on my absolutely new YouTube channel, which is up like today or tomorrow when we're recording this um, podcast. And I have started a series, this is for you too, Brian, which is Connecting Humans Online on LinkedIn, where I invite people to shed light, not positivity, optimistic tips, answers on what you can do right now in this period of time while the coronavirus is all around the world. That's one thing. But get back to me on LinkedIn, at Stories of Eric, or on YouTube, at Stories of Eric. And those of you who love Instagram, you can see all my Beach Boy pictures right there too on at Stories of Eric. <laughs> awesome, man. Awesome. Well, like I said, Eric, it's, it's been a pleasure having you on here. It's been a, a pleasure having you uh, as a friend. Um, you've, you've made some major shifts, like I said, in my life, in my mindset um you know meeting you three years ago was was probably the best thing to ever happen to me just because at that point like you said in my life i had just sort of been stuck in this whole you know my life is going to be sales and i'm always going to be this one type of person and this is all that life is is holding for me and and i really had no clear direction as to where i wanted to go or who i was to be completely honest and just a few words and a few conversations with you like you said, led me into different directions of, you know, writing articles and posting on social media and now starting this podcast. So, I mean, like I said, your, your friendship means the world to me. And I appreciate the fact that even now, three years later, we're still able to hop on a call, even though we live worlds apart, we've never met in person. We still share a bond that is like no other. And, and like I said, I, I just, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you taking the time to come on here and share so openly and, and also to push me a bit. Cause uh, you know, what people don't know is that we've had a couple conversations before this interview and you sort 
sort of said, let's, let's try and go a little bit different. And that's what I did today. I tried to ignore my normal set of questions or, or at least not pay so much attention to them. And so again, you continue to push me and, and just make me look at things differently. And, and yeah, I just, I appreciate you so much, my friend. My absolute pressure. My pleasure. <laughs> All right, man. Well, take care. Enjoy the rest of your day and then we'll talk again soon. Same to you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and follow the podcast on Instagram at vulnerable.podcast or on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can also follow me, Brian Almeida, by searching my name on all platforms. If the podcast has impacted you in any way, I would also greatly appreciate a review. Lastly, if you know anyone with a great story of going from struggle to success, I would love to have them on. Thank you and see you next week.